You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. A.S. King's new novel is Glory O'Brien's History of the Future. Would you read to me from the book, Amy? I will, Rick. Um, I'll read you the prologue, which is called The Clan of the Petrified Bat. So we drank it, the two of us. Ellie drank it first and acted like it tasted good. I followed, and it wasn't half bad. When we woke up the next morning, everything was different. We could see the future. We could see the past. We could see everything. You might say, why did you drink a bat? Or how did you drink a bat? Or who would do something like that? But we weren't thinking about it at the time. It's like being on a fast train that crashes and someone asking you why you didn't jump before it crashed. You wouldn't jump because you couldn't jump. It was going too fast and you didn't know the crash was coming. So why would you? Amy, this book is so much fun because (laughs) you give us two girls who through the magic of drinking bats <laughs> right <laughs> are able to see the past and the future now that's a really interesting balance what made you choose to include the past and not just focus on the future well i mean our past is is what leads us to the future i think so i mean i think that when we look at i mean in in the case of Ellie and glory they could see descendants and they could see um, ancestors and they had no control over it so they could look at you Rick and 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 see anything from 2,000 years prior in your in your family line to you know 200 years ahead of time uh, in the future um, and I just think the two are, are related I mean I just there's nothing there's nothing that's gonna come in the future that doesn't have something to do with with what's come before it you know, I'd like you to talk about creating these two characters. They're, they're really great characters. They play off of one another well. They have a lot of great verbal interchanges. Talk about creating some nice realistic dialogue between two girls who are seeing something that is completely unreal. Well, that was fun because they weren't just seeing something unreal, but they were seeing two totally different futures, right? Because that what they were seeing in the future was dependent upon what they are and how they thought, how they think in the here and now, you know? Um, I, I, I write by the seat of my pants, so I actually don't plot. I don't, I, obviously I think a little bit as I'm going. I don't go into the dark, but Glory was, she showed up, Glory showed up, and then Ellie showed up, um, and then when they started seeing the visions, what I realized is that the two of them wouldn't see the same thing in the future because they were two such different girls. And so the whole time Ellie's being, you know, she's very frustrated because she's not seeing this thing that, that Glory's so kind of obsessed with, this this war that she sees. Um, and Ellie can't see it because she's seeing really fluffy stuff because Ellie's a fluffy girl. And, and this was one of the things that, that she and Glory never really had in common. So it's sort of, again, it's the same as the present, the past, the future. They all kind of go together. I mean, how much do we really change? I mean, even though we grow up, Am I similar to my nine-year-old self? I am, even though that was nearly 40 years ago. So, One of the things I think that is really interesting is that you offer a future that looks, I think, uh, fairly dire 
but doesn't involve any of the usual dire appliances that get us into the future. So talk about creating a future that's terrifying for a completely new, but unfortunately understandable reason. I'll tell you, I'll start this answer by saying there's nothing weirder than writing a book where the future is a parody and then three years later the book coming out and things in the parody actually happening. That's kind of spooky, okay? But it wasn't, it wasn't surprising. Um, you know, I am, I'll admit it, I'm a woman. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay with it. I've been all right with it since it happened. And, um, and so, and my mother, admittedly, also a woman. So what happened was my mother passed on to me, you know, these ideas of, of what fairness really meant. And so in the seventies, I, I certainly wore the little ERA pin she gave me in the late seventies, and she un I understood it. I wanted to stay home from school the day I found out it wasn't ratified, because I couldn't understand why you wouldn't ratify this. But then, of course, skip forward twenty years, and I'm in a job, and um, and they fire the guy making ten bucks an hour. I'm in my first job out of college with a degree. I'm making seven bucks an hour. They fire the guy making ten bucks an hour. I get his job on top of my job. I say to my boss, "Hey, do you think you could give me a raise?" And he said well, I'll buy you lunch every day. And then I said, but he got paid $10. Now. Well, he had a family to support. Well, I, you know, I did too. And, and it just, there was always the same lines, the same lines my mother was fed, the same lines my grandmother was fed, and hopefully not the same lines my daughters will be fed. And now, Rick, I completely forget what your question was, but I hope I answered it somewhere in there. <laughs> I gave you a laugh anyway, which is what I'm here to do. Now, uh, talk about um, Ellie's visions of the future well, Ellie's yeah Ellie Ellie's different I mean Ellie is coming from a place where she is she's fallen for the dupe I mean she's fallen for the dupe which most of us do I mean look I haven't watched television in 17 years <clears throat> about 17 years um so when I do have to watch it like um or if I do look at a magazine because I'm in line at the supermarket I'm not, again, I'm not shocked or surprised, but I'm just really glad I don't, I don't watch television or, or read those. Um, but Ellie, Ellie has fallen for all of that stuff. She, she wants to reduce her belly fat. She wants to please men. She wants to, you know, please your man and all the things in the front of Cosmo. And so she's done all these things, and, and that's how she feels. And it's inside of her. Glory could give a crap about pleasing anybody other than, hopefully, herself, if she can figure out how to do it. So when Ellie sees the future, she just sort of sees fluffy kind of vapid things in a way i think that would be a fair way to put in now when you're creating a novel about two people who see the future and particularly a novel in which we have this rather dire future uh coming down on us which bears an unfortunate resemblance to the present yeah, uh, yeah. could you talk about um, using that as a plot point, as something, you know, as part of your character arc, because your character's projection is seeing a future that she does not want to be a part of. Right. I mean, and I think what's interesting, I, I'm going to pull it back to her present, because so much of the book is about the present and even most especially her past, and she's trying to figure out her mother's past. Um, and really, this whole book, in a, in a strange way, came from a book I wrote in 2004 where the main character was Glory's mother. And I didn't know that until I got about 15 pages into the book and I recognized Glory's mother and I'm like, oh, you again. 
And so it's like, oh, great, you know, I'll, I'll do this. So, I mean, in a way, there's Glory. She's, she's looking for her past. She's trying to figure out her mother. She's looking for her present. She's about to graduate high school. That's a main, you know, scene in the book. And she doesn't know where she's going. And then on top of it, here comes this future that's so awful. And, and I don't know. I mean, it just, it, it kind of just unfolded by itself. I'm an awful interviewee this way because my books lead me. I just don't, I don't, I don't want to say I don't research them, but, but I, I do, I do research them. But when it came to that future, it just seemed to be what she saw. And the idea of the Fair Pay Act, it just came in a vision. And it, it was, it was ironic that again, in the, in the years that passed since that, that similarly named act didn't go through, but that when it finally does go through, that it causes chaos that finally we pass it after all these years. And it's something so simple. And, and with, with, a, with a nation full of, you know, mothers who are, who are looking after their families on their own, with a nation of people who could really use fair, fair and equal pay, I can't imagine the chaos it's going to cause the day it actually passes because they're so against it. And I've never understood why they're so against it. It's a very strange thing to me. It makes, it makes very little sense. So for me, creating that future again, it was really just more exploring my own questions about why people, why, why not people? Well, yeah, people, why all people, if anyone's against it, why, why would they be? And I, I just, I've never been able to understand that. It just doesn't seem logical. Well, one of the things that make this book fun is, is Gloria's voice and her experience of and vision of the present and, and the past as well. So talk about, um, creating a high school student when your high school experience is probably in the past so you have to you have to <laughs> I hope you, so you it have was to, awful <laughs> I mean I, high school these days is pretty different I think from when I was there it is and it the, isn't I mean I don't know my husband teaches at a high school um and I get to go to a lot of high schools there it's different in spots but I think the same social um I think the same social pressures are there I think the same the same things that we went through are, are, are there for, for students today. But, you know, I was one of those, I was a kid who really could have used a year off working. I had a great job delivering pizza. I got great tips. I could drive around listening to punk rock music and wear combat boots and deliver pizza and then mop the floor at night. And I loved that. I could have done that for one more year, save some money. Um, and so for me, writing Glory was fun because she's yet another kid and I do write a few a few seniors like this who who are being pushed into college who are being pushed from standardized testing straight into college straight into this machine it's a machine and you know I don't I don't like this machine it, it didn't do me any favors so for me it's it's fun to to um to pass that message or to have somebody saying that message if I would have found a book like that when I was a senior I might have said to my parents you know what no I don't really think I'm going to go to college for a year and um, so it's fun to write. It's, it's nice to write for teenagers. And again, I, I also don't just write for teenagers. I write, I write for adults. I started out writing for adults, and I still write for adults. I, just, I write for an audience, you know? I don't know, somebody really smart once said that, that it's kind of like a PG movie. I enjoy PG movies as much as, as, much as my kids enjoy PG movies. So for me, I, 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 kind of, I like being able to also write a realistic teen. 
that an adult might be able to relate to, not roll their eyes at, especially girls in this culture, but both teenage boys and girls, they get their eyes, you know, everybody rolls their eyes, oh, teenagers, and I'm so tired of that. I want people to look at teenagers and go, hey, they're really smart, their brains are wide open, wide open, we've boxed ourselves. The older we get, we box ourselves into our little opinions so often, okay? Not us, not us, I mean, we're fine, you and me, but you know, uh, but you know, a lot of people box themselves, and when I meet teenagers, they're, they've got these wide open minds, and, and um, they're really smart. So I love writing characters that are teenagers because they can do anything. They could drink a bat. They could drink a bat and somehow manage to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is not recommended behavior. <laughs> no, no, of course, don't drink bats. I'll throw that out there. You're writing about high school, but you're also writing about the future. How do you get those pieces of high school into the future? Okay. Well, I mean, isn't gra well, it's graduation. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the nice thing that, to have that focus. So, if you had the focus of graduation, it's all about future. I remember in 1981, we used to get I, I we used to get Newsweek. I don't know. It was always on the table. We we never hid papers in Newsweek World News. I probably saw too much stuff when I was too young but there was a Newsweek magazine and it had a graph in it and the graph showed how the people who graduated between 1981 and 1989 were going to be so loaded you have no idea so I remember thinking to myself at the age of 11 I'm gonna be rich one day I'm gonna make it this is gonna be great this graph shows me we're gonna be great now, my sisters and I graduated in between those years, and we're all doing okay. I mean, we're alive and stuff like that, which is the most important thing. But what the article said wasn't, wasn't what came to pass. So for me, I think that as, as, as children, even as young as 11, my daughter thinks of it now, and I did when I looked at that graph, but especially when you're heading into those graduation years, you really are thinking more about the future. Um, and how I was able to tie it in, I'm really not sure. I think it was more the idea of Glory being really, really frustrated with her friend. Um, they were, um, I call them geographical friends because there was no one else on their road to play with. It was just those two. So they were kind of forced to be friends and then it just sort of came from that. And I don't think she really ever I don't want to say like Ellie. She does like Ellie. She loves Ellie because she's her friend, but they, they don't connect in that way. So when, when she starts seeing the future, um, she sees people like Ellie being eaten up by the machine, and she sees herself as someone who might be able to survive it. I've been speaking with A.S. King. Her new novel is Glory O'Brien's History of the Future. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.